Here in Luke, we're looking at the third request, give us each day our daily bread. Well, before we read God's word, let's uh, look to him once again in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we remember this important truth that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So feed us today, Lord, and feed our souls with your truth. Let this little request shape how we think and how we live. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Let's hear God's word. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Well, friends, have you ever been in a place in your life where you've wondered, does God really care about my physical needs? Uh, Have you ever been in a situation that has led you to ask the question, does God see what's going on here? Does he see the need? And does it, even, does it even matter to him? Well, this little request at the most basic level is meant to teach the children of God that our Heavenly Father does know and does care for the daily needs of his children. But, but more than that, this little request represents, I think, an entire world and life view <laughs> A way for the children of God to look and see the world in which they live, as well as a way to live as the children of, of God. This little short petition reminds us that every day we need God to sustain our faith and to provide our food. And so when Jesus teaches us to pray for daily bread, he wants us to know that we depend on our Father for everything, for both faith and food. And so today, I want us to see six ways this short request shapes how we think and live as children of God. Six ways that this request, give us each day our daily bread, teaches us how to live as God's people. Okay, so six things we're going to look at today. And first, here's the first thing. Praying for our daily bread recognizes that our greatest purpose in life is God's glory, not self-gratification. Praying for our daily bread recognizes that our greatest purpose in life is God's glory, not self-gratification. Our motto as Christians is not... Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. It is rather, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 
So the order of the Lord's Prayer is really important, as we've seen already. There's, there's a certain logic to this prayer. Jesus teaches us to pray first for, for God's name and God's rule. Then he teaches us to pray for our daily bread, the, the necessities of, of daily life. And so Jesus centers our prayers and our lives on the glory and rule of God. And then he teaches us to pray for our daily bread, our basic needs. But my friends, if we think about our prayers and we're honest with ourselves, there is a tendency, I think, to reverse those things. Not, not in the order in which we pray them, but in terms of their priority. The orientation of our prayers can, can easily slip into being toward getting what we want instead of getting glory for God. Our prayers can become self-centered instead of God-centered, more about our glorification than the glory of God. You see, we tend to prioritize our physical needs in a way that reveals that that's really what matters most to us. And so I think this is what I want us to do for just a minute is try to get behind our, some of our prayers. Sometimes we assume that while God's honor and God's rule are important, that what really matters most is our daily needs, our, our jobs, our health, our food, and so on. That's what really matters. But the Lord's Prayer is teaching us to see our physical needs in, in a different way. It teaches us that the purpose of life is not a meaningless pursuit of self-gratification, but it is the meaningful pursuit of God's glory in all of life. Eve, my friends, even your daily bread cannot be detached from the hallowing of God's name because your life was made for God. It's from him, therefore it's for him. Everything in your life, this prayer is teaching us, is for God. The bread you eat is eaten for God. The drink you drink is drunk for God. Think about that. Even down to something as mundane as the consumption of daily bread is to be done for the glory of God. All of life is for God's glory. And so the order of these requests is a reminder, I think, of something we so easily forget. We do not live for things. We live for God. And Jesus wants to get that into our heads, that we were not made to live for self. We were not made to live for things. We were made to live for God. He knows we need to be reminded of that because we can so easily forget that there is more to life than food and clothing. And so while Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily necessities, he makes sure we understand that we were not made for these things. We were made for God who, who gives us our daily needs. We don't live for bread, we live for God. And you see how this, this, this could really be expanded out. If it's not bread, my friends, just fill in the blank. We were not made for the gifts themselves. We were made for the giver of those gifts. And so you see, if you, if you trace that out into all of your life, it puts 
your entire life into its proper perspective. Once we begin to see things in this order, God's name, God's rule, our daily bread, we begin to see life as we ought. In this order, I think it transforms how we approach life. Just think about it. It means we will not live for a career. Instead, we pray for the provision of of a job and income so that we might enjoy God's blessings and have what we need. We don't live for wealth. Instead, we pray for God's provisions that we might be able to care for one another and care for the needs of, of others. So we pray to our Father to give us the things we need because we were made for Him. And that shapes every aspect of our lives. That's the first thing. This prayer teaches us We were made for God. Number two, praying for our daily bread recognizes that God is concerned about our physical needs. Praying for our daily provision teaches us that God cares about our daily needs. We're taught to pray here for for bodily needs, for literal bread. Because my friends, God knows your frame. He knows who you are. He knows you're a creature of dust. He knows you have physical needs and your heavenly father cares about them. I think sometimes as Christians, sometimes as Christians, we we diminish the importance of the physical. Sometimes we, we make it seem like Christianity is all about just sort of spiritual things. But my friends, God made you both body and soul, and he cares for you both physically and spiritually. He's concerned just as much about your body as he is about your spiritual well-being. Now, that, that's something we need to understand, that God in his love for his people cares just as much about our physical, bodily existence as he does about our soul's. And so we should not forget that our Father cares about our physical needs because from the very beginning, God has revealed that he cares about the physical needs of his people. Genesis 1, in verse 29, we were told that God gave Adam and Eve food from the earth to enjoy, not just to get by, not just to eke out an existence and survive, but that they might enjoy it with thanksgiving because it comes from their father's hand. But God's concern for our physical needs was not only revealed in creation, it was revealed as God redeemed his people from Egypt. In Exodus 16, God gave Israel daily bread from heaven. He gave them manna in the wilderness because God cares for the physical needs of his people. And in Psalm 104, a psalm that we'll sing later this morning, the psalmist describes a world and life view that describes God caring for his creatures. Listen to verses 13 through 15. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work, referring to God. You cause the grass to grow from the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man. Oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. You see, the truth that God cares about our physical needs is something we need to remember every day. But it's something we need to especially remember when we find ourselves in, in difficult trying circumstances. 
I want to remind you that God knows your needs and God cares about them. God God knows the balance of your bank account. He knows your job situation. He knows your anxieties about the future. He knows all of it, dear friends. And as your heavenly father, he, he cares about you. And by teaching you to pray for your daily bread, Jesus wants you to remember that you have a father in heaven who cares for, for you, body and soul. He understands that you need both food and drink to enjoy your father's world. So he cares about your soul. And perhaps where we're a little bit weak sometimes is remembering that he also cares about your stomach. Cares about your soul and your stomach. Number three, praying for our daily bread recognizes that God is our provider. God is our provider. Praying for our daily bread recognizes that our Father is the one who provides our daily needs. Just think with me for a minute about the, the, the theology that is undergirding that prayer request for a minute. Think about all of the details that are behind bread making it to your table. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's staggering. God must order the thousands of factors involved in ensuring that bread makes it onto your plate. Whether it be weather, agricultural, economic conditions, God orders it all. He must rule over the means as well as the end. And so it's staggering when you think about what you are praying when you pray, give us this day our daily bread because we are confessing that God is our providential provider. And, and, and everything we have in life comes from above. Everything we have, we receive from the open hand of our good and gracious God. You see, God's rule over creation, my friends, as we think about this prayer, God's rule over creation is not an ivory tower doctrine. It is doctrine for life. Think about it. It's not just that God knows your physical needs and cares about them, but is unable to do anything about it. No, our God is so sovereign that he can employ hundreds of thousands of means to get bread on your table. He is the great provider. And praying, give us each day our daily bread, recognizes also our daily dependence on him to provide. So we believe that God upholds and sustains and governs the world, and therefore he is able to supply even the most mundane things like our daily bread. It can't get much more basic than that, can it? So as Christians, this prayer teaches us that God cares about our physical needs and that God provides every good and perfect gift is from above, James says, coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. As a pastor, I've had this said to me, I've lost count of how many times, but people say this all the time, Pastor, we don't, we don't need more doctrine. We, we need more practical stuff. My friends, just think about this with me for a minute. Do you see how what you believe about God determines how you view even the most mundane details of your life? According to James, 
the providence and the immutability or the unchangeableness of God is essential for your daily bread. And so what we really need to be practical Christians is to have a deeper understanding of who God is so that it shapes how we think and how we live as Christians in the world. Also, if everything we have comes to us by our Father's gracious provision, then it follows, doesn't it, that we are but stewards of the gifts of God. I want you to listen to this from, listen to this from Calvin. He says, what is in our hands is not even ours, except as our Father bestows each little portion upon us, hour by hour, and allows us to use it. That's a really helpful comment, isn't it? What is, what is in our hands is not even ours, except as our Heavenly Father, hour by hour, allows us to use it. You know, as parents, we, kind of, we understand this idea. Uh, we, we've seen children get into arguments over a toy, and one of them says, that's mine. And how's the other one respond? No, that's mine. And as a parent, how do you put that to rest? You come into the situation and you say, no, that's mine. <laughs> and I let the two of you use it. You see, the things we have are provided by our good and gracious God. And when we turn around and live as though we obtain these things for ourselves, dear friends, we are robbing God of the glory that he deserves. Once again, I hope you're seeing how this prayer changes how we live because we understand that everything we have in our hands, everything we have in, on our plates, everything we have on our backs comes from our Heavenly Father. Everything has been given to us. And so while we live in a world that glories in self-reliance, we seek to give God the glory by relying on Him every day, every day. But I think this is a struggle for us. If, if we're honest with ourselves, frankly, we have it so good. And if we need food, we, we go to the grocery store. If we need information, we pull out a smartphone and we Google it. If we need clothes, we run to the store. And be, because of all of these modern conveniences, we have been duped into thinking that we are really self-sustaining and self-reliant when in fact we're not. But you see, this prayer, if it works its way into our thinking, it obliterates self-reliance because it recognizes everything we have in life comes from our Heavenly Father. Everything we have. And so, He allows us to enjoy it. And we want Him to get the glory as His children. So you see how this little request really is a basis for an entire world and life view. It's a view of the world that sees God as the source and the sustainer of life. That's the third thing. Number four, praying for our daily bread recognizes the needs of others. Praying for our daily bread teaches us to recognize that others are in need of God's provision. You know, it's, the prayer is not Give me this day my daily bread. It's give us this day our daily bread. The Lord's Prayer is not an individual prayer. It can certainly be prayed individually, but the Lord's Prayer is a corporate prayer. 
The Lord's Prayer is a prayer for God's people to, to, to pray together, to, to, to pray corporately. It's a, it's a recognition then that there are other people, other families, other members of the congregation who are in need. But you know, when we live under the delusion of self-reliance and self-dependence, we become self-absorbed. But you see, this prayer also destroys that and, and removes us from the center of the universe and places God there and then fixes our eyes outward to look to, for the needs of others. It encourages us not only to look to our own needs, but to the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's important then we understand the Lord's Prayer is a family prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer for the family of God, for your church family. And you see, Jesus is teaching us to express our concern for one another's daily needs. And when you think about it for a minute, when you think about the teaching of Scripture, you see right on the page how, how important and how much God wants the church to be concerned about one another's needs. Think about the church and the book of Acts and how they sacrificially gave things for the benefit of others. Think about all of the time Paul spent traveling around to different churches to make a collection for the physical needs of the saints in, in Jerusalem. And think about how the Bible actually teaches that our concern for one another's physical needs is actually a litmus test for genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So one test scripture gives us to evaluate our faith is to look at how you care for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that stings. I think that hurts because at times the church has become a place for consumption instead of for service. A place where people come to be served instead of uh, instead of serve, a place to get instead of give. But you see, that's a far cry from what James says the church should be in James chapter 2. Dearly beloved, this, this is how perverse we can be. We can go to a chapter like James chapter 2 and turn it into a theological debate about reconciling Paul and James on justification. Now, for sure, that's an important debate, and it's something we need to talk about and understand, but it's not actually what James is primarily focused on. Listen to what James says in James 2, verses 14 and 7 through 17. James says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and filled. Today, I think we'd probably say, uh, God bless you. See you next Sunday. Without giving them the things needed for the body, James says, what, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. As you see, as a Christian, I should not only be concerned about my needs and my immediate domestic family's needs. I am to be concerned about the needs of the family of, of God. This is a family prayer that generates compassionate concern for the physical needs of the body of Christ. James is saying loud and clear that this is a fruit of genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number five. 
Praying for our daily needs recognizes our need to trust God and cultivate contentment. Praying give us each day our daily bread encourages us to trust our Father and to be content in his daily provision. You see, Jesus teaches us to pray for what we need today. This is a daily prayer. It's not give us, uh, give us weekly bread. It's not give us monthly bread. It's not give us yearly bread. Jesus says pray for daily bread. Give us what is needful, Lord. I think this idea is expressed in the prayer printed on the front of your bulletins in, in Proverbs chapter 30. You can take a look at it with me. <clears throat> I think we have verses. I don't have it up here with me. Proverbs uh, verses 30. Is it 7 through 9? Take a look at those verses with me here for a minute. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. You hear what he's requesting. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Do not give me too little, lest I be tempted to sinfully attempt to take matters into my own hands and do not give me too much lest I become self-reliant and self-absorbed. Instead, Lord, give me what is needful for today as I trust you for the things tomorrow. And so when we pray for daily bread, we're trusting our Father to provide what is needed. It's an expression of our trust in God who feeds us today and who will not fail us tomorrow. Not only does this prayer encourage us to trust our Father, it also cultivates contentment in the things that he provides. It's a prayer that fights against discontentment. You know, that is the the lie that if I could just have a little bit more, then I'd be happy. If I could just have that, then I would be happy. Well, let's just face it, friends. We live in a consumer society that is built on discouraging contentment. We live in a society that's constantly saying, you need to have this. You need this to be happy. You need this in order to keep up with everyone else. And sometimes we buy the lie, hook, line, and sinker, and are governed by the constant pursuit of the accumulation of goods, thinking that's what's going to make us happy But when Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread, for the necessities of life today, he is teaching us to be content in the daily provision of God. Now, number six, finally, praying for our daily bread recognizes that physical bread alone cannot sustain us. Praying for our daily bread recognizes that physical bread alone cannot sustain us. God wanted his people to understand this back in Deuteronomy chapter 8. You remember that story? God allowed Israel to hunger in the wilderness and then he provided manna for them from heaven to teach them this one great truth that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He wanted the people of God to understand that more than food, we need him. We need him to sustain us. But you see, our tendency, like the Israelites, is to forget God and focus on ourselves. 
That's why going further on in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God gave a warning to the people of Israel before leading them into the land of plenty. Listen to this from Deuteronomy verse, chapter 8, verse 11 and following. The Lord says, take care lest you forget your, the Lord your God. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have good houses and live in them, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who led you through the wilderness, who brought you water out of the rock and who fed you in the wilderness with manna. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. You see, beloved, like Israel, we can easily become self-reliant, self-absorbed. In times of abundance, we can so easily deceive ourselves by thinking it's by our power and our might that we have achieved and gained these things. And we quickly forget that everything we have spiritually and everything we have physically comes from God, comes from our Heavenly Father. But, But when we forget that, we run into danger because when we forget that, as our worldview, our lives are ruled by what someone has called an uncontrolled desire for fleeting things. Isn't that a great statement? Uncontrolled desire for fleeting things. I'll give you an illustration from my own life. When I was in college, I, I, really, I really loved rock climbing. And I mean, I was all in. Uh, Anytime I had free time, I was off campus somewhere, somewhere climbing along the Susquehanna. And uh, when I was in my dorm room, if I wasn't doing my homework, I did my homework. But if I wasn't doing my homework, I was usually online researching climbing equipment, seeking to buy the next thing. And then, you know, the more I bought climbing gear, guess what? The more I needed more. <laughs> Got to buy the next thing. I had uncontrolled desires for fleeting things. So I'd purchase new gear and then I'd need something else. Now, my friends, that's not just a struggle when it comes to a hobby. That's a struggle in all of our lives. And I know, I know climbing gear is a trivial example, but you, but you know where all of that stuff is now? That stuff I purchased, most of it's collecting dust in our basement, and it's virtually worthless. It's not even safe to use. I think my climbing gear is a, is a fitting illustration of all of the fleeting things we look to in this life for satisfaction. If it's not your daily bread, my friends, take, take, take the time to fill in the blank. What is it? These things provide temporary satisfaction, but they will not sustain you. Bread will not sustain you. Wealth will not sustain you. A nice home will not sustain you. Financial security will not sustain you. Only one thing will sustain you forever. And that is the bread that God provides. You remember the words of our Lord Jesus? I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never hunger again. Friends, when you come to Jesus, you realize that only he can satisfy you eternally. Only he can sustain your happiness when the the wealth and the, the financial security and the house and the health are all gone. You know, just think about it. Just be honest with yourself for a moment. If your, 
your happiness and your security is based on those kind of things, then what's going to happen to you when those things are pulled away, when those things are lost? Fleeting things cannot sustain eternal life and eternal joy. Eternal life and eternal joy can be found in Christ alone. And so come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, he says, and you will never, ever hunger again. Once again, we we see that Jesus is teaching a whole lot in just a few words. By teaching us to pray for our daily bread, Jesus is teaching us a world and life view, a worldview in which we recognize that we were made for God, not for things. A worldview in which we recognize that our Father in heaven cares for our needs and a worldview that recognizes our heavenly Father provides for our needs. A, A worldview that recognizes the needs of others, that looks out on the body of Christ and seeks to care and bless the people of God. We recognize as well our need to trust God and to cultivate contentment in his daily provision, but above all, We recognize that more than anything else, we need need the bread of life. We need the true manna from heaven. We We need Christ. And so may we all look to him today as the only one who can sustain our eternal joy and our eternal satisfaction. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, destroy our self reliance and self absorption. Give us dependent hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would take this little request, plant it in our minds and plant it in our hearts, that it might shape how we view the world you have made and determine how we live as your people. We pray that we would hear the voice of Jesus loud and clear today, that whoever comes to him will never hunger again. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.